Welcome to the new Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Audrey Barria and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Audrey Barria. Well, hello, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us today on Docs in a Pod the award-winning Docs in a Pod podcast available wherever you get your podcast, or you may be listening over the air. And if you want to hear the show again, uh, this show and all of our Docs in a Pod programs are available on podcasts, so you can avail yourself of those as well. I'm delighted to welcome today our very special co-host who is joining us, and we're delighted to have her with us. Olivia Rahman is at the Wellman at Ninth Avenue Clinic in St. Petersburg, Florida. She's a nurse practitioner earned her nursing degree from Florida State University in Tallahassee, also earned her master's degree with honors in nursing at the University of South Florida in Tampa. Olivia's board certified in family practice. She's a 2018 DAISY Award winner, and as a registered nurse, uh, she exemplifies the nursing values of extraordinary compassion, courage, integrity in every situation. She also is a, a competitive singer and was a show singer growing up and continues to sing today and we're delighted Olivia to have you with us. I'm happy to be here. We have a guest today who's going to talk about uh, something that uh, especially uh, if you think about saving lives mammograms can do that and while you say to yourself well you know I'm a guy I don't need to worry about it the fact is you can encourage if you've got a significant other who's female encourage them to get a mammogram if they haven't done that and we're going to give you the details on the who, what, where, when, and why of the importance of routine mammograms. Dr. Corey Jones is our special guest today. She's with USMD Arlington South General Clinic. Dr. Jones uh, is earned her medical degree from Texas Tech University School of Medicine in Lubbock, completed her residency at Methodist Medical Hospital. Dr. Jones is board certified by the American Board of Surgery. And when I asked her, what would folks be surprised to find out about you? Here's a great answer. She and her husband own a 1939 Beechcraft aircraft uh, with one of those round propellers out front, and they fly that around the countryside in Texas and elsewhere. Uh, they've been all over the country, to Iowa and Arizona and what have you. And so it's interesting. We'll look up in the sky, Corey Jones, and maybe I'll see you coming over San Antonio one day. That's right. Hi. Thank you for having me. Well, yes, so we do fly to, to the whole country quite a bit, so maybe... Oh, cool. Well, it's downhill to San Antonio, so we yep. uh, we hope to see. Uh, we live near the airport, so you can dip your wings as you fly over our house near the San Antonio airport. Very nice. So talk to us about uh, the importance of mammograms. And, uh, you know, the one thing I hear uh, from women is they are painful, but that shouldn't stop you from going. That's right. Um, it's... It's really critical. Um, breast cancer is the second most common cancer in women and the second most common cause for deaths in women. And one thing that we do to prevent that um, is to get better screening and to be on top of it um, so that we are catching these cancers, even pre-cancers a lot of the time, while they're very easy to take care of and they don't increase our risks of death. So um, I, I feel very passionately about screening mammography. Um, and, you know, I get yearly mammograms. I'm well into my 40s and they're, you know, not fun. I, I wouldn't call them a party, but 
they don't take very long. The technology is very good now. Um, the technologists make it as comfortable as possible. And I wouldn't call it painful. I just, it's uncomfortable. Um, but, um, but like I said, they do get you in and out very quickly and it's, it's life-saving. What's the guideline now? It, it kept changing for a period of time. And I know I found it very confusing having done a lot of shows uh, on, on this topic over the years. Uh, when is it important to begin to get a screening mammogram? How frequently should you get one? Who should get them more often than not? And when can you wait between them? G give us the parameters. Well, the reason it's confusing is because so many different organizations have different opinions on, on those issues. Universally, now, everybody says you should start getting screening mammograms at age 40. Um, and that's for, for all comers. All women should start getting mammograms at age 40. Now, there are some women that should start getting mammograms earlier than that. Um, I give a guideline. If your um, first degree family member, say your mom got breast cancer at age 45, then you should start getting annual mammograms starting 10 years before that. So starting at age 35. Um, and there's also other women that are um, deemed to be high risk, um, those that have strong family histories, um, those that um, have genetic mutations that increase their risk. Um, so it's important to talk to your healthcare provider about those issues to see if you're one of those that would benefit from earlier screening. Most people do not think that women should get mammograms um, younger than the age of 30, and that's because breasts younger than that are so very dense that screening mammograms are not very helpful, but there are other things to do if you're at high risk and you're, you know, in the age range of 20 to 30, and that would include ultrasounds and even MRI, depending on what the risk is. Um, so those are all things to talk to your healthcare provider about, but for most right, stay women- Stay with us. Stay with yeah. us just a minute. I'm going sure. to come right back to you. For folks who may have okay. just joined us, I want to let you know you're listening to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron. We're delighted to have you on on board with us today is our guest co-host is Olivia Raman. Olivia is a nurse practitioner who hangs out in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. We're delighted to have her with us today as we talk about mammograms with our guest, uh, Corey Jones. Dr. Jones is with USMD Arlington South uh, at the uh, general clinic there. And Dr. Jones, uh, you mentioned that uh, if your mom had breast cancer at age 45, you should get a mammogram at age 40. What about moving further back in relatives? What about a grandma, an aunt uh, who had uh, a breast cancer? How, how is that related? It really, um, and, and I actually said uh, 10 years earlier, so it should be age 35 that they start getting screened if their mother had um, breast cancer at age 45. Um, so we usually say 10 years earlier than the first degree relative. Now, I would say if you have multiple relatives, um, a maternal grandmother, maternal aunt, maybe two maternal aunts, all that had breast cancer at earlier ages, even if your mother did not have cancer at an early age, you should consider starting to do screening earlier than that, um, earlier than age 40, depending on the age of those family members. Um, so those are all things that can be, you know, um, like I said, discussed with your medical, your healthcare provider and um, determine when is best for you. And if you, and if you have a family history like that, maybe you need to see a specialist, a breast specialist and um, consider genetic testing and get into a high-risk screening program, which is also helpful for some women. And, and once you get that screening, uh, 10 years 
uh, ahead. So if 45 was your mom, 35 is you. If it shows nothing, do you have to keep doing it or are you good for 10, 20 years? No, we usually recommend you keep doing it, that that's when you start your annual mammography. Um, and that, you know, the annual mammography part, that's where it gets controversial. Like I said, everybody now is in agreement that you should start at age 40 unless you have some of these other circumstances. Some people believe that starting between age 40 and 50, you should get your mammograms every other year. Um, but most societies, like the American um, Society of Breast Surgeons, um, the American College of Radiology, um, they most of those societies that treat breast cancer patients and see breast cancer patients on a regular basis do recommend doing annual mammography starting at age 40 and and continuing with that until you know some people say 75 that's just kind of number picked out of the air that you know doesn't really mean anything most people say as long as you have um a lifespan um a life expectancy um of greater than 10 years you should be getting annual mammography so whatever that looks like for you we're living longer now so some women should be getting their mammograms after the age of 75. and what about insurance companies are they going to give you a hard time about getting an annual mammogram no they don't yeah they've been pretty good about that um for screening mammography yes good and the other thing that i I tell patients all the time, because a lot of people don't know this, you don't have to have a doctor's order for a screening mammogram. You can walk in to your favorite, you know, mammogram suite, and they'll usually like walk-ins, come in that day, have a screening mammogram. As long as you have a doctor to send that report to, then that's all you need. You don't need an actual order for screening mammogram. That's good to know. And yeah. uh, Olivia Raman, what do you tell your patients? So I'm in the same boat. I'm a big proponent of annual mammography, like Dr. Jones is saying. Some you know, places will say every other, but sometimes it's just too long. I don't like to wait two years. A lot can change in a year, mm -hmm. uh, especially as we get older and patients with history. You just never know. And I, I hate to even risk the chance of something happen in a year and a half, in two years. So I'm definitely a recommender of annual as well. And then I know, uh, Dr. Jones, because there's been a lot written about it, there are uh, genetic links. Uh, you can get uh, an analysis that may say, hey, you've got the gene that puts you at risk for breast cancer. Uh, do you recommend that kind of screening? It depends on your family history. Absolutely. Um, I'm... I am a proponent of genetic testing. If you have a significant family history, um, your mother had breast cancer, especially at an early age, or certain types of breast cancer, like triple negative breast cancer. Um, but What's triple also, negative breast cancer? So um, when we're talking about breast cancer, most, um, most breast cancers are actually fed by estrogen, the female hormone. So the most typical um, uh, profile you'll find in breast cancers is um, that the cancer is actually responsive to estrogen and progesterone the two of the female hormones. So they're estrogen positive, progesterone positive. And then also we look at a protein called HER2 new, and most women are HER2 negative. So that's your typical, most common profile. There are some women that are what we call estrogen negative, progesterone negative, and HER2 negative. And that's a special subset of breast cancer that's unfortunately more aggressive. It is 
more commonly found in younger breast cancer patients and also African-American breast cancer patients, unfortunately. And like I said, it does tend to be more aggressive and um, the treatments are, are a little more limited. So chemotherapy is usually indicated in these types of cancers. All right, stay with me. We're going to come back to you. And I want to talk a little bit about uh, the, the common belief that, well, if you don't have a relative who had breast cancer, you're okay. I'll tell you the story about a friend who found out the hard way. You don't have to have a relative who had breast cancer. I'm Ron Aaron. You're listening to Docs in a Pod. Olivia Raman, nurse practitioner at the Ninth Avenue Clinic in St. Petersburg, Florida, is our co-host today. And our guest, who we're delighted to have with us, is Dr. Corey Jones. She's with USMD Arlington South. General Clinic. This is Docs in a Pod. Hi, it's Drew Pearson for my friends at WellMed. As a Hall of Famer, I love it when a quarterback and receiver have a great connection. You can be part of a great connection too. Connecting WellMed's high-quality healthcare with the highest-rated Medicare Advantage plan helps you focus on staying healthy. Call 210-436-6005 or visit wellmedhealthcare.com slash connect. Drew Pearson is a paid spokesperson. Other plans are accepted. For full enrollment details, visit medicare.gov. We are so pleased you're sticking with us on the award-winning Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Olivia Raman, who is our co-host today. Wellman at Ninth Avenue Clinic in St. Petersburg, Florida, is where you can find her. Nurse practitioner extraordinaire. And our guest today is Dr. Corey Jones. She's with USMD Arlington South General Clinic, and we're delighted to have her with us as well. If you want to hear Docs in a Pod podcast, just go to wherever you get your podcasts, and you can download it. Uh, and uh, we hope that you subscribe program also airs over the air, and you may be listening to us on the radio right now. We're talking about the importance of routine mammogram screenings. And I had mentioned, Dr. Jones, a lot of people think, well, you know, if I don't have a relative who had breast cancer, a mom, a grandmom, uh, I'm going to be okay. We've got a really good friend, fairly young, who through self-exam found something that just didn't feel right and turned out indeed she had breast cancer. So you don't have to be related to someone. Is that right, Dr. Jones? That's correct. And I'm so glad you brought that up because it is such a common misconception. I um, I hear it all the time. Every time I have a patient come in that has been diagnosed with a breast cancer and has no family history, they're just flabbergasted. And it takes them by complete surprise. And I understand because we talk so much about family history and genetics and all that kind of stuff when it comes to breast cancer. But the truth is most women that get breast cancer have zero family history. And, um, and so that's why we, we get surprised when we actually find something. And that's why a lot of women forego doing screening mammograms because they think, well, I don't need it. I don't have that history. And so it's unfortunate. Um, so I, like I said, I'm really glad you brought that up because so I need you to, need, repeat, to know. need you to repeat what you said about women getting breast cancer with no relative. Right. So the vast majority of women that get breast cancer have no family history of breast cancer. I'm sure that's a shock to hear for a lot of people. It is. Yeah. And, and then what do you recommend to your patients who may be uh, diagnosed with breast cancer? It, it may be in, uh, as is fairly routine, one breast who say, you know, as long as I got this, I'm going to do a double mastectomy and, and lower the risk of getting breast cancer again. It's not 
and, and again, this is, you know, in most cases, it is not clinically or medically necessary to get double mastectomies if you have a small early stage cancer in one breast. Um, when would we recommend double mastectomies? I mean, if there is a genetic mutation, if you have tested positive for one of the genetic mutations that significantly increases your risk of getting another breast cancer, then yes, it's completely reasonable to do double mastectomies in order to decrease your risk. For most women, that's not the case because genetic mutations are actually very rare. And so most women will do very well with simply doing a lumpectomy, which is removing the cancer just the cancer and some normal breast tissue, but leaving the rest of the breast behind and then having some lymph nodes um, studied and um, going on to radiation and possibly hormone blocking pills. But um, in most cases, it's just not medically necessary to do that. And it does not get your risk down to zero. That's also important to know. Women think that if they do a double mastectomy, one, they can't get breast cancer again, and that's not true. Um, it gets it down low, but it does not get it down to 0%. They also think that if they do double mastectomies, then that gets them out of all treatment. Then, then if they do a double mastectomy, they don't have to get radiation. They don't have to have chemotherapy. They don't have to take estrogen blocking pills. And um, depending on the type of cancer that you have, that's just not the case. So you, you would still need that follow-up treatment in most in some cases? In some cases, yes. Mm -hmm. It it depends on the type of cancer you have as to what type of treatment you have. So the type of cancer, the pathology of the cancer determines your treatment, not the type of surgery you have to get rid of the cancer. Talk to me a little bit about ways in which you can reduce the risk of breast cancer, perhaps through lifestyle. Maybe eat a ton of broccoli every day or, or deal with a very low fat diet. What, what are you're smiling. I eat a lot of broccoli because I'm, to me, broccoli is the cure for everything. Uh, what do you recommend to people in terms of lifestyle? You know, that is such a good question and really timely because I just had a CME two days ago, um, a continuing medical education about nutrition and the risks of what we need to do. And one of the things that um, the nutritionist said that I, that I thought was funny is just eating one type of food like blueberries or broccoli is not going to do it. You you need to eat, she said, a rainbow of food, a rainbow of, of colors of food. So make sure that your diet is full of, one, you want to put an emphasis on vegetables and fruits. Um, and, um, and of course, you know, lean protein is really good. We, we emphasize protein as well. But for the, the phytonutrients that you get in fruits and vegetables, the important thing is the array of colors. So, um, you know, eat eat broccoli, then bring in blueberries because they're a different color, then bring in, you know, tomatoes or strawberries or, you know, um, and, and eat that variety that also makes your diet more interesting. So that's one thing, um, of course. And then the proportions, like, you know, Americans, our proportions are crazy. Um, we have a huge chunk of meat on our plate and then a little bit of vegetables, but the proportions are so... Um, so important that you really want two-thirds of your plate to be fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and then, you know, maybe a third at the most be a lean protein. Um, so having a healthy diet is extremely important in preventing 
or decreasing your, not preventing, but decreasing your risk of breast cancer. Um, we have found that women that gain weight in adulthood specifically, and, and I think that more of the studies have been done on women that are postmenopausal and they gain that postmenopausal weight, which, you know, so many women do. It's very common, unfortunately. Um, it, so that actually increases your risk of breast cancer. Um, so trying to avoid that weight gain is really important and ways to do that. Like I said, just watching your proportions, eating a healthy diet, eating the rainbow, but also avoiding heavily processed foods, you know, uh, fried foods, sugary foods. It's not that sugar and processed foods cause cancer. It's just that those foods are really nutrient dense. And so you're not getting, you're getting a lot of calories for a small amount of food and you're going to increase rate, your weight that way. Um, also exercise. There have been studies that have shown that women that do daily exercise actually decreases their risk of breast cancer. And that doesn't have to, I mean, I'm not talking about running a marathon, but going out and walking your dog, doing some hand weights, you know, um, there's so many things available online now and you can get them for free. You can do, you know, yoga, you can do cardio, you can do weights. It's, we have so many options available to us that just doing a little bit of Activity, a little bit of exercise every day really significantly decreases your risks. And if you take a look at uh, the weight that a lot of us put on when we were all sequestered in our homes during COVID, uh, there was a tremendous amount of weight gain in a lot of households. Uh, people joke about the freshman 10 when you go off to college. In our case, we had the COVID 20 and 30. <laughs> Absolutely. And a lot of that, because we were eating these comfort foods, you know, were not like the healthiest foods. We were probably making a lot of casseroles, probably not eating a lot of vegetables and fruits and things like that at that time. Um, a lot of people started drinking more alcohol. And, um, you know, that's something that has also been shown to increase the risk of not only breast cancer, but other cancers. So, um, you know, the American Cancer Society actually recommends to women, especially to avoid alcohol consumption altogether. Um, but most places just say, you know, keep it in moderation. Women should not be drinking more than one alcoholic beverage a day. Um, men, unfortunately, can can do maybe two a day. You know, they get to do a little bit more than we do. But for women, it significantly increases our risks. But moderation, it's important to put a number to that. Uh, it doesn't mean a tumbler full of nine ounces of uh, uh, distilled spirits, it means controlling two or three ounces a day. That's correct. Yep. That's important to, to keep in mind. Another misconception so, I've heard is women, when you say one drink a day, they say, oh, so I can do three on the weekends and it'll even out. That's not what we mean. It's one a day. <laughs> right. Yep. That's a good point, Olivia. So we got about a minute and a half left. And before we go, uh, for those who are listening, uh, Dr. Jones, uh, who are concerned about uh, what the procedure ought to be for mammograms, how frequently to recap, uh, should you consider getting a mammogram? Uh, and, and how do you go about that? So most women um, should start getting annual mammography starting at age 40. And um, the recommendation is to go um, like I said, again, every year annually from age 40 till about age 75. But again, that depends on your quality of life, your life expectancy, how well you're getting around and family history. Um, 
the process for getting screening mammograms is so easy. Just find a, a screening mammography center. Um, I like to make sure that they do have 3D mammograms, which most, it's universal now that most places do have 3D mammography, just sees the breast better. And you can just walk in or you can call and make an appointment. You don't need a doctor's order. And when you make that res reservation, you want to be sure they send the results to your PCP. Correct. That would be your primary care physician. Right. Have we gotten any better in terms of post-surgical uh, treatment for breast cancer? You mentioned uh, using x-ray, radiogram, radi radiology, and what have you. Are the medicines less disruptive to your life? They really are. Um, there are different types of therapies depending on different uh, cancer types, but immunotherapy is becoming a, a big um, player in treatment after um, breast cancer surgery. But also, like I said before, the estrogen block pills. Most women don't even have to have chemotherapy or immunotherapy. They can take a pill that they take every day for five to 10 years, and the side effects are very minimal. Wow. We're sure glad you were with us today. We're flat out of time. Thank you very much, Dr. Corey Jones, USMD Arlington South uh, in uh, uh, their clinic there. And thank you to our co-host today. We really appreciate nurse practitioner Olivia Rahm being with us. Uh, she's at the Ninth Avenue Clinic in St. Petersburg. This is Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron. We'll talk with you soon. Executive producers for Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Natalie Ibarra. And associate producer is Isaac Wilker. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure and tune in next week for another edition of Docs in a Pod with Dr. Audrey Baria and Ron Aaron.